Welcome to the Advantage Joy at Work podcast with me, Dr. John Kenworthy. In this guide to developing your five essential qualities of expert hybrid leadership, we're learning why your attitude to hope and how you communicate it determines how your days and those for your team will unfold. Welcome to Hope and Mirrors. Long ago, in a small, faraway village, there was a place known as the House of a Thousand Mirrors. A small, happy little dog learnt of this place and hoped to visit. After many years, he finally got the chance, and when he arrived, he bounced happily up the stairs to the doorway of the house. He looked through the doorway with his ears lifted high and his tail wagging as fast as it could. And to his great surprise, he found himself staring at a thousand other happy little dogs with their tails wagging just as fast as his. He smiled a great smile and was answered with a thousand great smiles, just as warm and friendly. As he left the house, he thought to himself, this is a wonderful place. I'll come back and visit it often. In this same village, another little dog, who was not quite as happy as the first one, decided to visit the house. He slowly climbed the stairs and hung his head low as he looked into the door. When he saw a thousand unfriendly looking dogs staring back at him, he growled at them was horrified to see a thousand little dogs growling back at him. As he hurried out, thinking to himself, this is a horrible place and I'll never go back there again. In this episode of the Advantage Joy at Work podcast, we're looking forward to a future in hope and expectation of something new and exciting in the days ahead. It's not that we're in denial of the immense difficulties faced by many this past two years. But if we've learnt anything since Covid, we've learnt that we cannot and probably should not try to control everything. And that's a trap for leaders in times of difficulty or crisis. The need to control everything. When your locus of control is hindered or even removed, when you feel even slightly that your own life is out of your control, your threat response fires up. Our favourite almond-shaped friends inside our brain, the amygdala, take up the reins of your response with plenty of stress hormone production of cortisol and adrenaline. And it's a never-ending barrage of negative news, and many people scoff at the notion of remaining optimistic in light of these facts. See, the human brain is programmed to narrow your focus in the face of a threat. It's an inbuilt mechanism designed perfectly for self-protection. It means that your field of vision is restricted to what is immediately in front of you, which is perfect for hunters in the Serengeti and your cave-dwelling ancestors. Pretty useful in the 21st century office and home, but unseeable threats lurking in the very air before you? Not quite so useful. Leaders, whether at work or at home, need to intentionally pull back and take a broader view. Leaders need to look up and see a new future, a new future that is good and positive and filled with promise. We call it hope. 
and we could all use some hope right now. What we want is some real hope. Real hope is the positive expectation of good. It's not just wishful or fanciful thinking. It is something you believe will come to pass. Like everyone else, you want to be like that first little dog and have this positive expectation of good. And yeah, I know it's difficult. We would all like someone to stimulate this hope within us. We're looking for someone, anyone, to fill us with the urge or ability to feel something hopeful, something positive to rescue us from this pit of negativity and confinement and restriction. But it seems inspirational leaders are few and far between. Yet there's one in your household. There's an inspirational leader in your workplace. There's one who can inspire hope and rally people in your community. And that person is you. Yes, you. You have all that you need to inspire hope in others and hence for yourself. You might not believe it just yet, but gift yourself half an hour of your time and you will. What is always amazing is that just like the first little dog of the house of a thousand mirrors, if you approach your day and every situation with a smile and a cheerful outlook, it affects everyone you meet. Try it as you walk down the street by smiling at people. Yes, even if you have to wear a mask. And it doesn't matter that they think you're weird. It will make you feel good. Something we all need to understand is that the workplace of the future is not going to be the same as the workplace of the past. See, businesses have learned the productivity of staff working from home is often higher. And they've discovered that they can actually save a big chunk of change in office rental. Plus, a great number of staff are way happier not having to commute through traffic every day. Many are even willing to take pay cuts for not having to live in prime real estate areas or spend hours in car seats or train carriages. Little sidebar on higher productivity for homeworking, because interestingly, some leaders choose to place invasive surveillance, usually through apps installed on their computers, upon those working from home to ensure control and compliance to working hours. To their great surprise, they find no improvement in productivity, and they're even more surprised when those employees object and many quit. There is potentially a loss of community and networking relationships, and perhaps accidental innovation, which may be recovered with a hybrid work arrangement and through the improving use of available technologies. Or perhaps we'll soon see networked community situated office centres where small groups of staff from one company can work much closer to home in small groups. Of course, the Luddites remain the exception for now. But leaders who insist that everyone must return to the office and directly under their control and watchful eyes are discovering their proportion of the great resignation is biting them harder. 
organizations and business leaders who are beginning to thrive seem to share two things in common. Their leaders invest a lot of time positively and proactively listening to their people, and they regularly communicate and inspire hope for the future. The first, listening deeply, is something I've been encouraging all of my Advantage coaching clients to do, even before COVID, and they have all realised tremendous results. You can learn more about being fully present and listening deeply in my sessions on developing the quality of influencing without authority by staying curious just a little bit longer. The second is hope. They inspire hope. Hope is the positive expectation of future good. Many people scoff at the notion of remaining optimistic in light of facts presented daily in the news, at your workplace, in your bank balance, suggesting that highly optimistic people like me are deluding themselves. Facts is facts, right? Yeah, facts is facts. But this is where it gets really interesting in your brain. Your amygdala is the emotional centre of your brain. It's well known that it responds ever so quickly to fear and anxiety. And there is another part of your brain involved. It's the anterior cingulate cortex, or ACC, which I have likened to a trigger-happy security guard, constantly on the lookout for anything new or different. I have a terrific YouTube whiteboard video on your brain on stress and anxiety. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's linked in the show notes. At the slightest hint of something fearful, the amygdala picks this up and it activates the fear response, even if you're not consciously aware of it. For example, you have the news on TV or radio as you prepare breakfast for your kids. Whilst you're not paying attention to the news, your ears pick up the bad news. Your eyes catch tiny glimpses of the TV screen. And even when less than 30 milliseconds, a fear-inducing image triggers your amygdala into preparing a fear response. And at less than 30 milliseconds, you do not consciously know about it. How many fearful images do you know that you see each day? How many are within range of your senses, but you do not know that you know about them? Of course, you can't answer that. But you can surmise that it is more than those you do know about. And all of this incoming sensory information that, for you, poses even a tiny threat to your beautiful life, induces a level of fear in your brain and body, and you wonder why you feel stress and anxiety. That second little dog at the house of a thousand mirrors, he was a ball of anxiety before he went in, only to find it amplified a thousand times back at him. No wonder he left in a hurry. The amygdala puts the fear-inducing emotions to the front of the queue for processing, in large part because our very survival depends on our readiness to respond to threats. With so much fear-inducing phenomena to process, there's no space or energy left to process good decision-making, let alone the more fun stuff. So what about the ACC? The ACC, unlike the amygdala, 
has a bias toward positive future events over future negative events or any past events. As a result of positive optimism for the future, the ACC activates its connections with the amygdala and causes the amygdala to activate to this salience as well. Fear becomes less important and loses its place at the front of the queue for processing. The first little dog had decided to stay curious a little longer and looked forward with a positive expectation of good as he entered the house of a thousand mirrors. And he was rewarded with his joyful smile amplified a thousand times and a thousand tails wagging furiously. It's okay, I understand. You've had your hopes dashed again and again and again. And this past two years has been a test for everyone's optimism. But I realised for myself years ago that I have a choice, as you do today. So we have a choice to be joyful, to smile, to look in hope and share real hope, a real belief and expectation of future good. And maybe get disappointed. Not brilliant, but at least you have a good, hopeful, joyful day. Or you can choose to be miserable and fearful with a positive expectation of disappointment and bad things happening. And you'll have a miserable, wasted day finding out. Sure, you won't be disappointed, uh, but actually you will because your brain, well, the ACC in your brain, remember that? It was secretly looking for something good anyway, despite your sourpuss face. The choice is yours. I stick to my favourite verse to start every day from Psalm 118 verse 24 in the New King James Version. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. All the faces in the world are mirrors. What kind of reflections do you see in the faces of the people you meet? What kind of reflections do you want to see? To learn more about Advantage Coaching so that you can have joy at work and your team becomes united in trust and collaboration, contact us through the link on the show notes and arrange a complimentary, confidential, no obligation discovery session. Be greatly blessed.